0: Throughout my adult life, my focus has been on making the world a more beautiful place. Initially, I pursued this goal as a hairstylist, working on the external appearance of individuals to make them feel more beautiful. However, I wanted more, so I began to shift my focus to helping people make better choices and achieve greater beauty from within. As a Transformational Life Coach, I specialize in helping you identify and change the limiting beliefs that may be holding you back. Join me each week as we discuss, interview, teach, and explore the fundamental principles of healthy relationships. Welcome to Conscious Conversations with Louisa. In today's episode of Conscious Conversations with Louisa, I'm speaking with Maris and Ken Siegel truly one of my most favorite human beings and couples on this planet and i'm so honored to have you guys here and i welcome everyone and uh we're really gonna jump right in because i know how valuable time is and i really want to make sure everybody gets the most out of this session so welcome welcome everyone and david reed Please
1: well, do. Yeah. So well, like like Louisa said, Ken Ashby and Maris Siegel are America's master connectors, coach and consult with executives, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and rising leaders to bring the professional and personal philanthropic philanthropic, I should say, vision to life. And as authors and speakers, they are featured in 13 Amazon best-selling leadership-centered books and recently spoke on a TEDx stage. Ken and Maris lead by lead by the philosophy that we are all connected as humans first. And that's really where the bottom line begins. And their new best-selling book, *The R Factor: Universal Rhythms for Leading Prosperous Prosperous*, I should say, Relationships, sits at the core of their work as certified executive and relationship coaches. And I don't think I need to say any more than that. So, without ado, turning it back over to Canon Maris and Luisa.
2: Didn't he do a fabulous job? Wow, <laughs> love that, David. You're hired forever. Right? Yes,
1: I am. Thank you very much. And I, you know, my prices start very low. Luisa got a, a family rate, but we're going to go up from there. So uh-huh.
2: oh. I get, I, I completely get that. I mm-hmm. completely get that. And you're worth every penny, dollar, yes. I mean, millions. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. the big bucks goes your way. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, honestly, welcome. And as I was saying to you guys before we jumped on, one of my favorite favorite things about you is really the fact that not only. Do you talk about relationships, teach relationships? I've been part of your relationship and being in your circle, in your space, in your environment, and you truly live what you teach. I would love to go back and like, I know you guys have been working together before you became a couple. What was that relationship like as this is all starting to unfold for you?
2: So is it my turn or your turn? We, 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 we take turn. We literally take turns telling the story. So I'll, I'll, I'll start with a brief, um, connection. Then we'll let, have Ken pick it up. So as we know, every relationship begins with a connection. We are thrilled to be here connecting with all of you guys tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about the R factor because the R factor is literally relationship immersion. We are in relationship with someone or something from the time we wake up in the morning, Right. Your alarm clock, your kids, your dog, your cat, your spouse, the television, your phone. How am I doing? Before you ever even get out of the house, right? So we are in relationship with someone or something 24-7, including while we sleep. Ken and I have known each other since um, 1980. That was when we first met. And, um, we met in a, in a global youth leadership organization that uses music as a vehicle for performing, for, um, social impact, music and and performing arts for social impact. That was how we met. Fast forward many years later, almost 20 20 years (laughs) years later, later, Ken and I got together. So there was this always sort of this connection, right? We talk about how things build. He was married to someone else when I first met him. I was not yet married. And um, and we just you know we just created created a friendship and so that was literally how our first connection began and then we stayed kind of friendly over the years not close friends but friendly over the years and then a number of years ago there was a shift in both of our lives Ken went through his divorce I was going through my divorce and we reconnected um, over dinner which Ken considered a date and I did not I thought it was just <clears throat> friends getting together. And Ken was certain that it was a date and I was not on the same page.
3: It was a date. I, I picked you up in a car. <laughs> I had aftershave on, you know, it was a date in oh, my wait, mind.
2: Wait, hang on. Wait, I want you guys to notice what Ken just said. I had aftershave on. So, so is the app. You're not still putting aftershave on now for my dates now. This is important <laughs> to know. And you're married. So the so aftershave we had, I
3: think is so funny. So we had this, we had this half date, we had a half date, only one of us was all in. uh, So then for a year and a half. I was emailing Maris, oh, I'm going to be in New York. I'm working with a project. Oh, that's okay. I'm in Hong Kong, but you're welcome to stay at my apartment. I'm not looking for a place to stay. (laughs) So for a year and a half, we emailed after this half date and we spoke. We then we started speaking, and it was a year and a half later that we met in New York and had um, had dinner and realized that hmm, there's something here here, yeah. And that's uh, that's sort of a short story.
2: So that was that that was a actually so. Then then we did we did get together at that point, and um, and kind of realize okay, well not only is there this kind of amazing connection between us. Which we had both felt years before but never went there never told anyone never went there never had a conversation with anyone about it until ken and i had dinner literally 15 years later literally 15 years later and um and we both sort of went do you remember and do you remember and we both remembered the moment so it was interesting that there was always this kind of energy and energetic connection between us but from that evening in new york when we um when we got together One of the moments that was interesting for us is that when Ken told me he was coming into town and I said, oh, what are you you coming in for? He said, well, I'm producing this big launch for an incredible organization. And um, it's a new not-for-profit that had literally not been announced yet. He was coming in to produce it, create the announcement, do the whole thing. He lived in Colorado at the time. I, as Ken is telling this story, I said, okay, I just need to have a moment that I get to share something with you literally the morning Ken told me that he was coming into town next week for this organization. I had been working on this organization's global marketing strategy, their whole relationship marketing program. Ken did not know that. I didn't know he was working on it and it literally was not an organization that was announced yet. So I said to him, just so you know, I just turned into them their global marketing strategy this morning. So the connection between us that we had no clue about all of a sudden was getting bigger and bigger. And we kind of both went, hmm, mm, interesting. <laughs> and so it was just kind of a remarkable, remarkable. So we'd known that there was this connection. And then literally once we got together, we also knew that we had similar backgrounds in terms of work. We had both been doing relationship marketing a long time. We had been doing event marketing a long time. We had both worked in now at that point, nearly 30 countries globally and knew that that was, we were both aligned in our hearts and our spirits, but that's all we knew. So when we got together, Harvard was a client of mine and we were asked, I was asked to produce their global um, service celebration. And I turned to Ken and said, huh, want to work together? And we both kind of created this moment of, yeah let's let's do that what would that be like now we know we're a couple and we're starting to work together so what would that be like and literally it was the most amazing experience we both stood at this event at one point and ken turned to me and said do you want to direct or do you want me to and in that moment and
3: and at the same time i said okay if you direct i'll be the voice of god or you can be the voice of goddess and i'll direct we realized that we were interchanged. we were that it
2: was all sort of fungible It all just kind of work together
3: and um, and i think
2: what we we learned really at that point was there is this rhythm there was this connection and this flow between us that frankly over the years people literally ask us every time they meet us and they know we work together i don't think this has ever been the case where someone hasn't asked us including including governors i mean we've worked with people who have literally said to us we were in a meeting with a governor at one point who turned us and said so how does that work (laughs) i'm sorry you're the governor right you're you're literally asking us this question (laughs) and we just kind of so i was afraid to analyze it i really was afraid to analyze it for the longest time
0: so did well so here's my question
2: because i know
0: that having been divorced you we you both have experienced what doesn't work, and I know that sometimes when you get divorced, or every time you get divorced, you go, "Well, these are areas that don't work." And I know here's where it went wrong. Did you guys bring any of that into this relationship and discuss the things that didn't go wrong, and how could we at this point do it differently?
2: It's a it, it, well, that's a
3: great question. Great question, and I I tell you one thing that I learned about recognized about myself that I took my relationship in my previous marriage. I took it for granted. It got to the point where I was taking it for granted. And as soon as you cross that threshold and it no longer you're no longer keeping it fresh and keeping it at top of mind and you take it for granted, that's a game changer. So for me, I said, "Okay, if I don't learn something from what I've been through, then what's the point so uh you know then you're just in a in a pattern right. and so i think i broke that pattern i don't take Maris for granted i don't do everything right all the time um it gets but, messy and that's but, okay but i don't <laughs> you know? take her for granted nor do i take myself for granted
2: yeah. and, and i and i and i i think too that i think too that the, the this piece of respect expectations like when when we look at pain points in personal relationships as well as in professional relationships because it's one life right it's not a personal life over there professional life over here it is one integrated life and when we look at it from that perspective respect responsibility reframing and resilience are the four literally are the four master universal rhythms that work when they work in sync and they're working all the time, then relationships are thriving, business deals are prospering, your family's doing great. But when one of those things gets out of sync, Ken stopped really respecting, right? His marriage, his relationship, he shifted in that. And so it started to break. There were other other issues there. For me, I had a seven year practice round And, um, and yeah, you know, kind of similar in that, um, less about we, we didn't, we didn't take each other for granted. We came to a point in our relationships that I was working through my trauma, drama, my baggage, my history, and learning to unplug from the past. And my ex, then my current, was not, did not have the capacity, did not have the bandwidth to be able to, break through and work through and do the work. And I kind of realized that I could either be a victim to that or stand responsible for understanding my role in it and then choosing from that place, right? And we always have a choice. We always have a choice. Absolutely. And I feel like everybody that we go through brings us to where we need to
0: be. So there's, and I say this sentence all the time, you can't make the wrong person right and the right person wrong. Like it's a journey to get to where we're at but your your physical body lets you know what's okay and what's not. One of the experiences that I have with both of you is such generous giving with unconditional space that when Ken is doing something, I'm going to use the word for you, but it's really along alongside you and 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 generously giving. I have never felt it being conditional. It's always just this beautiful space of giving, because he wants to. So that's, you know, I keep seeing that in relationships where people things are have become so conditional. How do you guys keep that space of generously giving without an expectation?
3: Um, Well, I would just jump in and say that, you know, relationships, whether you're married relationships or relationships at work, or relationships with family. It's not a one and done thing. You don't just have a good relationship and then okay, that's good. That's good checkbox that stays forever. We're all going through changes, which is constant. And you get to adapt and you get to rethink and recommit and realign all the time. So it's that constant realignment, constant shifting, constant learning, constant curiosity. I always say to Maris, we will be talking and I'll say, I never knew that. You never told me that story again. Today, I get to, I learned something new about Maris and I hope to learn something new every day, every day about my partner, about my family, about about all of those situations. So I and, think
2: and, it is that. And I'm I'm going to add to that, I think that, you know, to your specific point about giving without expectation, right? So one, expectation without agreement creates premeditated resentment. I just want to be sure everyone's hearing that. Expectation without agreement creates premeditated resentment. Now think about how that applies to relationships in your life where expectations that you have of a spouse, a friend, a family, you know, a family member, someone at work where there's an expectation that is not in agreement and so it's causing right. So I think what what we always know as a couple because look when you were living loving working together side by side 24 seven that's a lot of choosing 24 seven right, so when you know you're choosing from that space and there's already a trust. It really does. One of the pain points in relationships comes down to trust. Right. And partly because if we don't fully trust ourselves, then we create greater conditions. We create conditionality in our giving because we need someone else to fill a hole that is not filled inside of us. Right. right? And so that starts to get us in trouble because when we're dependent on someone else for our happiness, that doesn't mean that I'm not expecting Ken to create a space that is safe. Yes, I am. But we are in agreement around that. And when we are not in agreement around that, there's conflict and we get to talk about it. And I think so often couples, when you think about couples who work together, couples who don't work together, anyone who's looking for love, we get to be whole and respect ourselves first, first before we bring that into another relationship. And that's really the R factor is about relational leadership. It's about leading your own life in every aspect of your life with all of these key rhythms, because when you're out of sync, it means you're reacting to something versus responding, right? Which comes from an emotion from the past. And that creates the condition we've walked into, and we bring all that story into our relationships. Absolutely. You know, here's the, like, I know before I see a
0: few people just popped on, so I'm going to say you guys have been working together and had this gigantic, really successful life. And, then, and everything seems really easy when things are successful and you're both succeeding in life is great. But now you're in this beautiful relationship and COVID hits and and this very successful life takes a very different turn. What happens to the two of you guys during like an ooh moment?
3: (laughs) Well, I would say that Maris calls it the pandemic pause and nothing I would say takes away from the fact of the tragedy that happened during during that time period for so many people for so many people we lost family members and certainly that is all crucial on our personal life and our business life we were so happy to take a breath to take a pause and we had actually been speaking about for a couple of years wanting to move out of transactional work into transformational
2: work how could we impact more lives how could we be in a different space of service how could we shift what we were doing because what we were doing was very celebrity driven specially curated very kind of high-end all experiential tied to amazing relationships and not-for-profits and all that and albeit incredible over nine years 300 programs we were pretty burnt were, we were we were pretty burnt out so
0: it wasn't a traumatic experience for you guys to go from like wow we're super successful and oh my god what are we gonna do It, it really was a blessing for you
2: yeah, we call know. it so corona for any of you speak Spanish corona in Spanish is crown and and we really caught we really called it our you know our 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 crowning transformation. And um because it, it truly shifted our whole lives and while there was loss while the, all of that was going on, you know the the challenge truthfully with Luisa and all of that was the financial side, right? Is all of a sudden, like, what do you do? I mean, I was literally on a plane in Paris for Paris Fashion Week two days before, you know, Mar- I came home on March 5th, I think it was. And a week later, there you go. Right. So, so yes, life, life certainly shifted. You know, the, the thing that I'll, I'll tell you, one of the things that really concerned me before I ever even talked to Ken about it. And that was Ken and I have spent years living, loving, working, playing together in a lot of doing. Now, all of a sudden, we were literally in a space of quiet being. And my fear was, oh my gosh, now what if Ken, after almost 20 years, really sees me? You know, is he going to get tired of me? You know, what's really going to happen here? How do we, is there going to be an awkwardness about us learning how to be together and not just be in the doing together? And I, you know, I had some, some angst about that. And we did talk about it at one point. We actually laughed about it. We, you know, we laughed about it kind of about three months in. So I said, okay, it's been quiet for three months. How we doing? He's like, more please. <laughs> because we were getting quiet. It, like, Ken used to laugh about having a weekend wife and a work wife, you know? And really during COVID, I became the integrated wife. <laughs> i
0: I think it's so fantastic because usually you know for me self-worth comes with doing well financially and when the financially is no longer there all of a sudden i'm like how do i show up in this relationship if i don't have the financial aspect to to for me to say i matter enough now so You know, to go from I'm I'm succeeding to both of you being like a whole new place, but it sounds like you guys were actually looking forward to that. One of the things I got to do during COVID, too, was build another business through it, which I had been longing for my entire life. So for some, it was a major blessing to have that pause time. So it was for me also. And uh, so how did you find transformation work and how did that lead you to here?
2: well so we've been we well we've been we've been sitting in the transformational space for about 15 years so that we've been we've been doing quite a bit of work uh in in this space and because our work has always been centered on relationship building so relationship marketing has been our background and um and literally when we're talking about the work with credit card companies executives and leadership all the work we've done over the mm -hmm. years airlines and 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 all types of you know C-suite executives and their teams and their brands. So everything we did was centered on relationships. Over the years of the work we were doing, it was often centered obviously first on their consumer engagement. That was what we were hired to do. Very often then it would transition from that engagement into, now can we talk to you about how our teams are working in-house? How do we connect those dots? So we literally became kind of that engagement in house as well, because we would see how different departments were working together or not. And that was so, so when you look at our relationship marketing work, transitioning then more into the leadership space was really natural because it's all centered on the human engagement. So we talk about our work as literally, we talk about our work as um, relational leadership. And it's really about finding the leader in yourself, cultivating the respect, responsibility, reframing, and resilience, focusing on those, because each of those are about communication, listening, being present, right? Showing up committed, being able to reframe. So when you look at all that, we kind of sat and said, all right, let's analyze our relationship and literally see if this is some, there's something bigger here. And over the years, as we had been working together, we literally started to pull our clients. And we found that the four key rhythms that worked for us, in fact, worked for every celebrity, worked for every consumer, worked for every leadership person, every family member we talked Mm -hmm. to. And we found that these four key rhythms were in fact the step into transformational space that would help people heal relationship with themselves, relationship with their families, relationship with teams. So that was literally kind of what our transition became. And we got certifications. We started to do more work around it. We started to just, we said, okay, we're gonna commit. We're gonna have a TEDx talk. We wanna commit, we get to have a book. And we charted a path for the last two and a half years.
0: I didn't realize I muted myself. I'm always so fascinated with you guys because as a hairdresser standing behind the chair for 25 years, I hear and see all of the fears people have and all of the things that stop them to watch you both push forward so powerfully and to be part of that journey with you. I just love and celebrate the two of you because it just makes me feel like I love unstoppable people and, and, and I love being on this path alongside you guys and just keep being like, let's celebrate each other and keep winning. So I know I could spend the rest of the day asking you both questions, but I am gonna open it up to everyone else having an opportunity to connect. So who would like to ask Ken and Maris a question or just give them feedback from what they shared? And don't you all jump at the same time. Joe. Joe. Hi, Joe. I love Joe, by the way. Joe, where are you zooming in from? Unmute yourself, Joe. Hold on. You're muted, Joe.
1: That's the first time Joe has ever been muted.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He'll find the button. He's
0: like, Louisa said, if I stay on mute, this will be great for the podcast. By the way, mm-hmm. just for everyone, this is all going to be recorded, obviously, and then it's going to stream into a podcast. So I hope you all are OK with that. That's what's happening from here. I, I think there's way too much value in here for me to hide these interviews and store oh, them in my room.
4: There's think, mouse. Yeah. my mouse said, quit for a while. All right. <laughs> we get it. OK, so. I gather from your words that you deal a lot on a corporate basis. You're dealing with major corporations or just multitudes of people and interacting. How does that affect your personal relationship to one another on a daily basis? Is it, you know, what, what's the level of intimacy as opposed to the, you know, putting the energy out into the corporate? you know, groupings, groupings of people. How do you stay, you know, fired up on the intimacy that you have?
3: Well, I think for me, it's easy because I get I get to be with this lady. So um, and okay. I never take.
4: that's the best answer right there. Okay.
3: I never take it for granted. I we don't. We, take we, it for we granted.
2: don't. But, but Joe, it's it, it is a it's a really important question, because when you're literally, you know, look, we live in a space as humans where there's a very short distance between head and heart. And yet it could really be well, taller people. <laughs> well, taller people have more space. But and and literally there could be a gap between the two of those that is as wide as from here to the end of the globe for some people. What we really find is that when we lead with our hearts, with our instinctual, with our nature and our head and our traumas don't get in the way, it keeps us tuned in. And let me be really frank with you guys, this is not an assumption. This is not something that doesn't take work. What Ken and I have is magical and we work on it every single day. And there are some days when our self-doubt, our frustration, whatever it is, pops in. I, I will give you a couple of examples. Ken and I have been walking in, actually a good example is one that happened a number of years ago. We were walking into a meeting with a very high level person and we'd had this sort of awkwardness in the car. And, um, and literally before we walked in, we just kind of looked at each other and went, okay, we get to ground here before we walk in because they're depending on us to deliver this important presentation. And if we are not connected, so what do we do? So, you know, times we'll really look at each other and just go, "Okay, wife, husband, I love you. We're good. We got this professional. We got this and we reground ourselves. But it takes time to learn how to respond versus react. That is not an assumption. And to your bigger point, Joe, who was so subtle about asking about how does the intimacy work? Truthfully, on some days we get to say to each other, "Okay." I I gotta be off the clock now, I need downtime, date night. And we plan date nights and Ken and I have also, we've learned over the years, this is a funny thing, we've learned over the years that we, in our world, we are not able to say, okay, we're working all day and then we're talking to each other and then all of a sudden one of us says, okay, I'm done. It doesn't work that way. And it doesn't work that way to say, okay, at night at dinner, for instance, when we go out to dinner, We can't talk business because Ken and I are co-creating all the time, all the time. The stress often has come when we try to put in a box and we say, okay, I'm done. When we're both done at the same time, we can say, okay, can we be done at seven? I really need a break. But we've learned that we just we both literally have a pen and paper together so that we can say if Ken comes up with an idea over dinner, I'm like, wait, who's writing it down <laughs> because we don't want to miss those moments either. So it took us time to navigate how best to create a connection for us that works and for our clients that makes them comfortable knowing that we're also a couple because they like that about us.
4: And do you have a mirroring um, process in a sense, either other couples or, you know, what 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 inspires you in terms of the all the work that you put into yourself? Is it just self, you know, propelling because you're so in, in, involved in it? Or are there other couples that reinforce, I mean, because you're obviously presenting yourself as a couple, very interesting, very interesting. Being a couple is
3: intense you know work. i think it i think that it although it's not exactly the same it goes back a little bit to there are many couples that we look at and say wow that's so cool that's great i mean we grew up in an agrarian society where generally speaking in that farming i grew up on the farm there was you know it was you were both both a male and female were putting together whatever it was that happened the roles were a little bit different than than maybe they are now so this is this is a constant thing and we are always as mara said co-creating with each other and everyone is co-creating in the relationships you're in it's never one-sided it is (laughs) It is back and forth. Provided,
2: it, provided. Do they share the two and with share two and with. Yeah, it, I mean, I think important.
3: that uh, David has his hand up, and we'll get there in a second, David. But um, that you want, or did you want to go to the bathroom? That, <laughs>
1: <Hall>
2: <laughs> uh, pass.
3: So that uh, one of the things we pay attention to is our words, and words matter. And just as an example, a couple of words that really matter is. In relationships being in relationships to something or being in relationship with something if you think about your relationships you've we've all talked about it before okay i'm going to talk to them okay that's not really being a relationship a give and take so we really work on being in relationship with the many relationships you have as opposed to being in relationship to You have a relationship to your vehicle, your car. However, when you're when it's sitting in their driveway and you're in the house, when you get in the car, I really hope that you have a relationship with your car because you need to feel when the brakes need to be applied, you need to feel when the turn is coming up. And if you're
2: it's, not in relationship with your car, when you get in it, could you be sure to let us know? Yeah, so right. we're not
3: Because so, that's really scary. <laughs> so personal relationships are absolutely no different. When you're in a relationship, you need to know whether you need to put the brakes on. You need to know whether you make a shift to make a turn. You need to know are we whether you stop it? and are we, park. Yeah, Absolutely. So being in relationship with is a key factor, I think, for us.
4: I, I like what you said, because I believe it, too, that words really matter because you can't build trust unless the words are meaning the same thing. The energy that it takes to execute, you know, you, you really have to have that, that honesty about the, the definition of the words that you use. It's the only way you, that I, you know, know about building. What, what's, yeah, a what's a
3: relationship? What's a so. relationship? Different
4: things. You know, the words mean different things to people all the well, time, Joe. What's that, a... That's
2: why communication and expectations are important. Right. So if if you yeah, and it's a really good point, Joe, because when our words may mean something different than is than it is our responsibility, the second rhythm and the relationship rhythm circle, it is our responsibility to be sure our communication is landing and we're listening and meeting the other person where they are as well. So that expectation, that communication, when we're coaching business folks, that's one thing. When we're coaching, you know, individuals, people looking for romance or couples, same conversation that we're having with the business folks. It's literally the same conversation. It's that's just incredible. in a different setting. I think there are a couple of other questions. David, you had a question. Joe, Joe thank, you thank you for
3: thank you for your question. Love
2: your perspective. I,
3: I was going to ask you a question, but I'll ask David instead.
2: Go ahead, David.
1: <laughs> no, you don't have to. Joe's fine. You can ask him anyway. <laughs> thank you for putting the four rhythms into the chat: respect, responsibility, reframing, and resilience. And I don't want to steal too much thunder away from your book, um, but I was wondering—you know—you've been touching upon things obviously from the book and from your experiences. But is there anything that you could give everybody here who's maybe not? Is familiar with the book or w- anything like that. Some other kind of takeaway, some other model, or some other exercise that can really put that into into play, other than what you've already dis- discussed already this evening. But something directly from the book, because I think the book's brilliant, and I want you. I you know, and I want I want to, and I have to go back because I, I looked at it <clears throat> many weeks ago when you first, when it first came out. But it, maybe <clears throat> share with the with all the all the audience here something directly from the book that they can put into practice in real time. Well, like that. Yes. Thank yes. you David. Thank you David for asking that. So,
3: I'm going to look at the reframing. Reframing is a is a tool, is a practice that all of us can take can can we do it all the time, uh, but reframing is looking at stories that you've made up in your life or looking at something that you experience and reframing it so that it supports you. If you are have an experience, and you immediately begin to feel, oh, I'm a victim, they did that to me. That victimization doesn't help you, doesn't support you. So you simply reframe it. Okay, I'm not a victim, I was an experience. What did I gain from the experience? What did I learn from the experience? What can I take with me from that experience that will support me moving on. So the exercises we do in our workshop about reframing is really just taking a story an experience that you had in your life. It doesn't matter. Take an experience you had in your life and really just clearly say what the experience was. My mom slammed the car door on my fingers. The story I may have made up at the time is she was mad at me. She didn't like me. Well, when I reframe that, I realize, of course, my mom liked me. She didn't do that on purpose. She wouldn't harm me like that on purpose. So you, again, you reframe a situation. So David, that's that's a, a tactic and a tool that can be used in many ways.
2: I have, an, I have another one too that we can share. Is anyone currently in a relationship that could use a little bit of spring cleaning and a tune-up? Anybody in a relationship that could use a little spring cleaning, a little tune-up? Okay, yes. Okay, absolutely. So, absolutely. 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 Got it. And so here's my other question. Who would you guys say your most significant relationship is with in your life? Louisa, don't answer. Yourself. Yeah, who, 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 else, who else? Other thoughts?
4: I I,
1: I agree. It could be, any, it could <laughs> yeah. be yourself. It could be your spiritual leader. It could be the earth. It could be, you know, your everybody around you at any given moment
2: yeah so So yes and yes and yes and yes and that and that being said literally the most significant relationship that we have Annette said it is with ourselves right Mm -hmm. so i don't know about you guys i was raised in a very close family and i don't recall ever my parents saying to me respect yourself when i was growing up i don't know if anybody else was every so my parents always said respect others be kind to others we nurture others we do all that be careful
3: how you speak to others
2: right all of that it was always about so when we look at respect responsibility reframing and resilience it was rarely as i was growing up about me because my life was always about being in service and caring for others it was only really you know 20 years ago that i started to recognize ew <laughs> the mirror of if it's not working inside stuff's showing up outside and i don't get how to deal with it so i started to recognize and that was kind of where and it was probably about 30 years but that's where all of this started to grow was i was hugely successful in business but people were literally quitting their jobs after a year because i was a tough boss because yeah. i would literally see in other people all the possibilities Yet they weren't quite ready to live up to it in some cases. So I was too tough of a boss. I wasn't necessarily communicating well. I was overpowering versus empowering. And that was showing up and coming from a history, the legacy of relationships for me of not being heard as a kid growing up, of not feeling confident. It kept showing up everywhere. And I was self-sabotaging right and left. So these were things that we learned over the years. And so, so David, the, the idea of these exercises, so an exercise I want to give you guys is if you are in a relationship that could use a little spring cleaning, okay, <laughs> go back and look at, are we actually in agreement with our expectations? So an exercise you can do with yourself and with others, friends, family, colleagues, whatever that looks like, look at one relationship and at the bottom of the page, put the name of that relationship. So let's say it would be Ken in this case. On the left side of the page, list all the expectations you have of that person. On the right side of the page, list the expectations you believe they have of you. now have a conversation with that person and are you in agreement and Mm -hmm. where because what you may find is that wow these expectations are not so in agreement right now in these two areas Hmm, interesting it opens up so offer it as an opening of a conversation with someone in your life If you're really close to them and you can say, you know what? I just heard this really cool exercise. I wonder if you would do it with me. I've never done it. I'm feeling a little funny about it. Or what about this husband, friend, colleague, spouse, partner, kids, whatever that looks like. And most importantly, are you in agreement and are you in a, literally, are you in agreement with the expectations you have of yourself? So here's a second exercise. The second exercise is about respect. On the left side of the page, all the ways that you respect yourself. These are the wins. And every small win gets to be recognized and celebrated. All the ways you respect yourself. On the right, the ways that you disrespect yourself. And be honest. This is about getting messy and being honest. What you realize between those two is there's a bridge of choice between disrespecting myself and respecting myself. And the bridge of choice is how we shift in that, how we realign our expectations of ourselves so a couple of exercises, David. Those were just for you. I look forward to getting that that uh, email with your exercises. Um, <laughs> I, have,
5: so,
2: I have. a follow-up. Hey, Louise. Sally had I jump a in real quick.
0: So let's say you are seeing the disrespect part, and you know, like for example, eating a bag of chips after I did a great workout. I know eating a bag of chips after I did a great workout isn't me respecting myself. What would be a thing I could go to? in order to, like, knowing it is one thing, actually being able to do something in that moment is another. What would yeah. be a pattern interruption, let's just say, to create something new?
2: Well, well the first thing, first, are no, you just, gonna say, you're going to say what I'm going to say, I'm sure. We I'm always probably, do this. Go ahead.
3: So, first of all, when you eat the bag of chips,
2: celebrate. Don't beat yourself up. Why do you think that's disrespecting yourself, is my question, you're, which is where it can going. Just celebrate,
3: be, don't eat the whole bag.
2: So, that, so, that, so that's it. Okay, so, so exactly that's it. First of all, reframe that, Louisa. You are having the bag of chips because you're craving the salt and that's enjoyment for you. So why would you put the weight of judgment on top of that versus being in a space of agreement and choosing the enjoyment of it? That's number one. Number two is moderation. No one says you have to eat the whole bag. So you eat half the bag now and half the bag in two hours or whatever it is. It's not about taking something or judging self. It's about being in integrity with your choice and being in agreement with that choice and not beating yourself up over it.
3: I just had this picture of um, Louisa on the treadmill working out (laughs) and eating chips.
2: Well, and by the way, impressive that you said chips and not bonbons. So that was (laughs) good. So So we have some other questions. Sally had a question. I want to get to Sally's. Yes.
5: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, being married and working together, I've done that for um, 20 plus years with my husband. And, um, you know, I know. How difficult at times, you know. I I fire him and he fires me. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> the guy's fired me yet. We That's a good one. Her,
2: we, I'll
5: say to him, "You're fired," and he he shows up the next day anyway. Um, <laughs> He's like, "I know you were just kidding, honey." <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there there are times when I need my individuality and I need to step away and do things. So you know, what we do a lot of times is we. We're going to the same place at the exact same time. We'll take two different cars because I just need to drive and be by myself sometimes. Um, so, what are some things that you guys do as individuals um, to make it to make it work?
2: Well, one thing you just said that that is really important, and that is having the space, right? So, in a couplehood, and I really want to talk to you more about about how you guys kind of working together. Because um, in our workshops, we're actually working with a number of people who are working together as well or who want to. And it's and so we're working through some of those dynamics. So one of the first things for me sometimes and I don't even know so much as Ken is sometimes I just need space to miss him. Right, because when you're together 24 seven and it, it doesn't take much and, and, and that you and I had a brief conversation about this in California um, last year. It, it is, I would say that probably for me, I sometimes need the social time more than Ken does. So I will go out with girlfriends. Uh, you know, we literally, we, we literally carve that time out. And it's always sort of a request of each other. Hey, would you mind if this weekend or would you mind if whatever this night? It never comes from a place of dictating. It's always an, an an open communication. Hey, do you want to go spend some time with the guys? What's happening? And it literally takes me saying to Ken, dude, call the guys. Like you seriously? You, know, you you get to you get to like head out. Because it's less his nature to need and to expect that time for himself. That being said when I when we put Ken in our in our room next door is Ken's office when we put Ken in his office and he starts to record I could literally jump off the roof and he'd never know so what happens is this is where Ken goes for Ken's time is he goes and he records to the point that on many occasions well
3: tonight for example <laughs> I was working on a track for a song and so I'm working it with the studio and I'm Headphones on, and I left my phone in the other room.
2: And I was at a meeting with a client. Maris was
3: out at a meeting, and so Maris calling him. Maris comes back, and I'm there. I'm working, and Maris says, "Uh, "By the way, I've been calling you." (laughs) So, so
2: yeah, so 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 there's some
3: tricks to it. There's there's ways to do it, but yes, that time
2: is it's really that space
3: for yourself. And again, just say it. Just it's important say, to
2: be able to talk about it and again, not
3: right? not make the other person feel bad or, or wrong or diminished or, yeah. by having space. We all need space. We all need that from it, and it's a choice. So it, thank you, happens, Sally. It's a great question.
2: And it also happens with business teams like we we literally sometimes teams also that are working together that closely just get to have a break from each other. <laughs> you know It's just how that. So Sally, did that answer for you? Yeah, thank you.
3: Okay,
5: great. Annette. Uh, Well, I wanted to make sure, I think David had his hand up before mine. No? Okay, then I I get to go for it. Well, first of all, I want a a shameless plug for your book, okay? Ah, Thank you. you. And I'm looking at the part which I love, which is Chapter 13, Inspiration. Inspiration is the power tool of creative vision, and I think that that is it's such, it it just resonated so much with me because I used to admire people that were creatives and I didn't think I was one. And then I realized, yes, I am. And that we don't teach the vocabulary words because I didn't learn these in the family that I grew up in. We did not have communi- good communication and no uh, very little communication when it came to um, rapport, respect, responsibility, reframe, resilience, relationship, to represent yourself, uh, resistance, record mm-hmm. and rhythm. Those are all wonderful terms that mm-hmm. I am just now starting to really um, take into my, into my own life and mm-hmm. then be able to impart those, to give that vocabulary to my own children. So I just wanted it to come from a place of gratitude thank you and 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 to just know that resilience for me has been the fortitude i've been with my husband now for 42 years and it's it's been exceedingly difficult <laughs> and i thought it would get easier and less messy no <laughs> you have to constantly keep it up at the front so thank you guys for for the for this um for this book <laughs> <laughs> it's thank, been you. A God thank, you, thank you thank you thank you, you i'm, annette. So, I'm and so glad and if me. you mind
3: if i add something to you annette so uh one thing i would just and maybe you do this but yes it's it's it is a process being in a relationship a consistent relationship and hats off to you for 40 years amazing 40 plus 40 plus but you also get to think about your 40 years together and celebrate Celebrate the big moments and celebrate the little moments constantly, constantly celebrate. I say to Maris, thanks for making dinner. I Thanks, Maris, for doing the laundry. Thank you. Maris says to me, thank you for putting the dishes away. Wherever you have an opportunity to thank a person you're in relationship with, do it. Don't miss an opportunity. It's like the number on the, you know, take a number. Whenever you have an opportunity to thank somebody, go for it and do it. And I think it's certainly the same with husband and wife, significant others, team members, uh, employees. A thank you goes so far for everybody. Maris and I say that we, one of the secrets to our success is, okay, I'm going to share it, Maris. We make love multiple times a day yeah there you go and how do we do that drop the mic how do we do that we make love by i do i small acts I, of i kindness. take out the garbage love, i do the love dishes language, yeah i do the i make the bed sometimes with all the with the pillows god amazing <laughs> number of
2: pillows i bring them on coffee, the bed you know yeah i mean it's <laughs> it, it it is it's it's all it's all those pieces you guys and i think that i mean it, it's all that it's also it's also recognizing that we are constantly evolving in our relationships. We cannot, we choose the rhythm of our day when when we wake up in the morning, when we start our day with gratitude, we invite you guys to do that. And I think Louisa, you're going to drop probably um, the link to our website where people can, you can actually um, pop your email in and we'll send you a gratitude practice guide. But we literally say every day, If we do not wake up in a space of gratitude, then we're selling ourselves short. The sun rises, the moon rises, the trees grow. They ask nothing of us, and yet we take all day long from them. So when we wake up in this space of gratitude and say, okay, I'm grateful for waking up, I'm grateful I've got crazy things coming at me today, but I'm on it, I got it. And then at the end of the day, be grateful for what we've been through, there are no measurements of wins and successes they are a win they are a success and they happen all day and we get to honor that
0: i want to touch on that real quick on top of what you just said it, again, standing behind the chair and also being in relationship with so many people. Not only do people have a difficult time saying thank you, the everything that goes wrong, they're like, did you see this is why I don't, this is what he does. This is what she does. Did you see like, and they point out all the things that the person is doing wrong. And yet not very rarely do they go, wow, I'm so lucky to be with this person. I get a lot of the, did you see all the things that are wrong with the situation? Because that person really in in essence is a mirror of ourselves and all the things we are frustrated with ourselves for, we somehow see when someone else is doing wrong. So when we're concentrating so much of that during the day, of course we miss the gratitude, right? And, and I love, like, if we were to remember to stay in gratitude, those other things would get less and less.
2: Yeah, it's so, so March. important, Louisa, so important that you say that. And, and I and I think, too, you know, that, look, you know, we. We are human beings, right? So when we focus on the doing, which is all our headspace, because that's what we've been trained to do growing up, we don't always trust the feeling right and to go there. And and, and the fact is, when you wake up in a space of feeling, we always have a choice to shift from wherever we're sitting so if we're feeling gratitude and we don't really want to get into that space we can kind of have a crappy day and not be in a space of gratitude but that's our choice (laughs) the muscles that it takes to to keep working on that so one of the things that we say is over the course of a day every hour at some point train yourself to take a cleansing breath because when we learn how to breathe our way through something we will respond versus react because we're taking a breath before coming out and reacting to something
3: yep and um, we're taking
2: that grounding time to just get back in touch with ourselves to go one minute need to check in you know
3: this whole idea of responding versus reacting you know, when we get an invitation to go to a fancy ball, a gala, or something like that, we get an invitation. Or just
2: a birthday party! And it
3: says RSVP. That doesn't mean reacté vous si vous play. <laughs> it's vous si vous play. So even in that sort of thing, we can realize that there's a difference between reacting, which comes from the past, it comes from, it has nothing to do with the moment. And responding, which takes a thoughtful approach. So David has his hand up, and I'm sorry, we're out of time. Oh, okay. that's perfect.
2: <laughs> I think Luis is in charge. You are not the boss oh, of the show. Well, no. you know, I don't really. I,
1: <laughs> I you guys, that's a great place to end this. If you want, my I, you guys have just covered it. Go for
0: it, David. No, no. My,
1: I wanted to revisit the reframing for a second because I believe you've touched upon it, and and I believe everybody here at some point has had certain issues, but reframing when you were talking about stories that you tell yourself and about the mindset in which you are in, when you were telling yourself that story, because two people can have the same set of facts, be going through the same exact experiences saying, I did this class. I got turned down on this audition. I got turned down on this audition. I got turned down from this job. I, my book didn't get published or this. And, the exact same person can have this and and they'll be like despondent. They'll be like, this is never going to happen. And the exact, another person can have the exact same experiences and be like, you know what? I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. It's going to break for me tomorrow. You know, it's going to happen for me tomorrow. Same set of facts, two totally different frames. Yeah. It's, I think
3: that reframing. So I'm going to give you two examples. One example is that uh, when my, when I was eight years old, uh, my parents had another child, my sister, so my mom started taking care of my sister the little baby somehow i made up this story that oh i'm not important i'm not worthwhile i'm i'm not i'm not and i carried this story with me and i didn't realize i had it was subconsciously buried and i didn't realize i had till a friend talked to me about it at one point in time and it came to light Oh, my God, I've been carrying this self-doubt my whole life.
2: and not good enough, not worthy. Not good enough. It kept showing up.
3: And it wasn't true. I mean, we all go through experiences. We have many experiences, and the experiences have no meaning. Nothing. No meaning. We are great meaning makers. We want to make us. So that was something that I established to that, which I broke through. And the bigger, bigger... Program is that I had this opportunity to work with um, with astronaut of Apollo 17 Captain Eugene Cernan And he we spent a night we spent together an evening and he was telling me about being on the moon He was the last man to walk on the moon and he said when he looked back at earth. He saw no borders No divisions between people no boundaries. He saw one planet one earth in this small planet, and we all get to recognize that we're all connected. So again, that was a reframing in a huge way. If you all remember, nineteen seventy-two was the first time we saw the big blue marble, and we really realized where we were. So, a couple of things, David. Does that answer
1: your question? You're muted. You're muted. You always answer my questions, <laughs> and, and 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 more. So, thank you. Cool,
2: Louisa. Can I can I um, give a a reframing quick perspective for folks? Just a tool. Absolutely, and I
0: love that Ken actually put your website on there and how to get a hold of you guys. I just wanted to highlight that it's in the chat. Thank you, Ken.
2: Okay. Yeah. So if you guys if you guys want to do any work with us or you want to pick up the book or you want to take the get the gratitude practice guide please visit us there or just send us a message there if you want. Um, You know, one of the things about reframing in terms of of literally an, an exercise around reframing is, I think we forget in the moment that there's a moment that we're reacting to that gets to be reframed. If you've gotten to a place of reframing, it means you've reacted to something, right? Something's going on there, right? Something's happening. So I'm going to teach you something that is just a quick skill that you get to build and work on, okay? If you're in a situation of reframing, it's because you're feeling something. So the first thing you get to do is acknowledge it. You can't heal it if you can't feel it. So we feel it to heal it. We acknowledge how we're feeling. Because if we're reacting to something, it's because it came from somewhere else and experienced yesterday, five years, 10 years, 20 years ago back there, might've been the legacy of our parents, might be in our culture. So we get to face it. So face it is freely acknowledge current emotion. F-A-C-E, freely acknowledge current emotion. So when something's coming up for you, literally a trigger, a feeling, or whatever, and I will tell you that I literally put my hand up, I face it, I say what it is, wow, I'm feeling really crappy about this, or I'm feeling really doubt about this, what's going on, I face it, I acknowledge it, I feel it, and then I invite it to the curb. Because I can at that point say, I got it, I understand, but you're you're not helping me right now, you're not serving me right now. So I invite it off. And that's a constant something that we get to keep feeling into that because once we feel it and we can acknowledge it and we get in relationship with it, we can navigate it. Does that help? Does that support you guys? Mm -hmm. Okay, good,
0: great, awesome. This is super fantastic. I I love watching you guys and I love, you know, I was telling you both and, and I hate admitting this out loud, but after doing care for 25 years and seeing so many really challenged relationships when, when I was still married and when people would get divorced, here was my thought. I would think, where do you think you're going as if there's any possibility to be happy? And I really didn't know. At the time, you really could be happy. I really didn't know that there were couples like Ken and Maris because it's rare, but being around this work now, being around, having done the work myself, I actually see more beautiful couples than I see not beautiful couples now. And and it is so magnificent to know that what you're doing is really inspiring so many more people to... Have the mirror, realize they we really do have our first relationship with ourselves, and when we do, we show up so much more powerfully with each other. and who we get to be is just magical because of the work we do. And I love love experiencing both of you because you're individually magical. and together, You're a powerhouse. And and, and doesn't everybody want like the power couple? And I remember asking a gentleman I was coaching, I said, um, you know, spend some time with your wife. And he said, I don't have the time to give. And I said, here's the thing. And and again, like I see this often, all of a sudden some gorgeous girl gives him attention and he has an extra six hours in the day that he didn't have an extra 20 minutes. And, And we find the time when we want it. So- if we do spend the time with our partners and the time with our family and the time with everything that is important to us, it grows.
2: Absolutely. And, and, and it's so, I love how you said that and it's so important. And, and one thing I really want to just leave you guys with a really important one-liner. You are the one relationship you can't leave home without. And our brains can only process positive or negative at the same time, they cannot process both. So if we know that we are the one relationship we can't leave home without, then why would we not be kind to ourselves? Absolutely. Why would we not acknowledge and respect ourselves and be in responsibility for what we're telling ourselves? right? Be for yourself what you want to see in others. Yep. Be for yourself what you want to see in others because that's where it starts. That's where it ends. Right. And you know, Maris,
0: I love that you say that because I know that positive and negative in my head, that absolutely rings true. But how I experience that because I'm like, can you choose to stand up and sit down at the same time? <laughs> you can't. Wait, 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 wait. Can we, can we, can we try that? <laughs> yes. I, I've had a million people. try. No. It. it doesn't work. So I, I have this in, in absolute proof. It will not work to stand, stand and sit exactly at the same time. You've got to choose one. So I'm like, you know what? If I have to choose one, I'm going to do the one that like, you know, works for me
2: because it's just a choice. Why not choose the one that works for me? Yeah, no, it's 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 exactly right. And the only way to be in service for uh, to others is to be cleaned up with what we've got going on inside. That's how we get to be whole people, right? So it really is, you know, people talk so often about living a balanced life. Ken and I don't take that approach because of this. When we're looking at a scale and you're in the center, what are we doing? We're, try, we're We're always teetering to create the balance. We come at it from a whole other perspective. It's really about weaving into an integrated life. It's about integrating our lives, our personal lives, our professional lives. It's one life. We have one life, one body, one planet, that's it. So, bringing it all together will consistently, with consistent respect, responsibility, reframing, resilience, communication, all these pieces. If it's working in one area of your life, it's working in all areas of your life.
0: Exactly.
3: Thank you all. Thank you, you, Louisa, David, (laughs) BJ, Joe, Shelly, Dorinda, Sylvia. Annette, thank you, thank you all for being here and having. We love doing this, and it's just so much fun to to be with you and to talk about it.
2: And Louisa, what you're creating is wonderful. You know how much we love you and appreciate you, and just <laughs> just honor the work you're doing. Thank
0: you. I, I it really is just so much fun. I'm like I get to play and call this.
2: I don't even call it work. Everyone's like, it's not work. work. It's not work.
0: It's not work. Everyone's like, you work so hard. I'm like, really, what do I do. <laughs>
2: Well, when, when, when we love it and when we're in relationship with it, even the challenging times are easier to get through because we're committed and we're clear and we can see the end in in mind, you know, so we know we connect to our vision.
0: I think the only hard part ever is if I have this expectation of, um, and I love, I, I teach this in my eight week course and week one is no expectations. And so in my head, when I have an expectation of how it's supposed to look, then I would give up because I'm like. It, you know, it's never flawless. And so then I think if I let go of what that expectation is of flawless, perfection, whatever, right. And I get to just continue building, growing even asking David to do the intro. It made me so happy to share this space with him. No, he's actually fabulous at it. Take the pressure off of me. The entire experience feels tremendously better for me. And I'm like, everybody has their magic spot in here. And something that might have been stressing me out all year no longer does because David just did that part and he enjoys it.
2: <laughs> well, and Louisa, I want to I call forward also how that happened for you. You asked, so you reframed what was possible around doing the intros. You asked for support, right? So there's that. that's what happened when we're stepping into a resilient space. We asked for support and... You empowered someone else with your generosity to be able to contribute.
0: And I learned it from Greg Reed watching at Secret Knock because I was like, he's not over there micromanaging every single step of whatever he's doing. So as we're doing this and as we're watching other people, these aha moments show up. I'm like, why am I doing this? I (laughs) I don't
2: like it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank
0: you, everyone. This is fan-freaking-tastic, and I cannot wait to do it again
2: always. Oh, so great to meet everybody, and if you guys want to connect with us, find us on our website. Yes, it's we'll so down in go. the chat,
0: and uh, or oh, yeah. contact me, and I have direct connection with these two men.
2: <laughs> Louisa has the the bat phone. She definitely has the bat phone. I do. <laughs> Hi, Tara. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good, you guys. Thank you. I love
0: her background. It makes me feel like she's on vacation somewhere.
2: I know. Where Where are you? Where is that?
5: <laughs> um, that was in um, oh my gosh, where did I just go? Dubai. <laughs> oh, where did I just
0: yeah. go? Tara, I didn't realize that. I literally thought it was one of those Zoom backgrounds. I didn't realize you've
2: actually been there. That's a no,
5: that was phone. right outside of the Burj Khalifa. They have a water show and everything. Yeah, that was a video I took. It's just not. It's a still photo from it.
2: Oh my gosh. How gorgeous. How amazing. Beautiful. Amazing. <laughs> Thank wow. you. Beautiful. I thought you just
0: beautifully found this wonderful picture. <laughs> so I, I do have to share a real quick story since we're still on here for half a second. I went through my client's house. I was in the middle of doing our hair and I was like, can I take pictures of your house? Cause I want to use it as my background for my zoom. <laughs> and I asked, but didn't listen for an answer because I somehow didn't totally care. And so I went around and took pictures and then she goes, seriously i louisa i love you because you just went ahead and took pictures and and you thought just asking enough was gonna like take you there i was like yeah i just do like listening
2: <laughs> and did she say no that was it was totally
0: oh, fine she okay. just it, she just she's a therapist she had to like bring that to light of
2: course <laughs> oh oh of course of course of course i love that i love that so, great I, thank I you
3: a- Bye guys!
5: Uh, Bye!